This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello everyone and welcome back to Bremen for what is another Royal Blue Podcast pre-season diary special. And it's our last pre-season diary special of the summer, of course, as Everton have just played uh, their last pre-season friendly of the summer. Uh, they've played out a nil-nil draw with Werder Bremen on the banks of the River Weisser. So uh, I'm here to talk you through what was a bit of a... A bit of a weird game to try and judge, to be honest. Uh, we've spoken to Marco Silva after the game as well, so we'll get his thoughts on uh, an unfortunate injury for a man who started the game today and uh, his thoughts, of course, on the upcoming transfer deadline day. Uh, so we'll kick off, really, with uh, the match itself. Uh, as I say, played out a nil-nil draw, but it's... It's a really hard game to try and analyse because I think Everton probably played some of their best football that they have throughout pre-season. Uh, in patches, at least, I think there were there were some parts of the game, uh, start of the second half especially, where I think Everton's performance fell uh, just a little bit flat. But you know there were some there were some aspects. Uh, the first half was you know quite impressive. I thought the play going forward was really good. Uh, Gilfie Sigurdsson's uh, set piece delivery today was absolutely fantastic. I thought there were there were times when players in the middle really should have done better with the kind of crosses that he was putting into the box. Like there was one in the first half in particular which fell very close to the head of Yeri Mina. You know, all he needed to do was get his head onto it, and I'm sure he would have given Everton the lead. Uh, he had acres of space in the in the box uh, from that corner to try and nod it in, and you know he just completely missed the ball. Uh, and then aside from that, we've got Luca Dean putting in some really good crosses. You know, you don't need me to tell you that he was running up and down that left flank all throughout the game uh, as much as a threat offensively as he was at snuffing out uh, the attack defensively as well. So I'd say he was probably one of Everton's best players. Uh, down the other flank, Seamus Coleman in the first half uh, started that link up again with Richarlison. He was playing he was playing his first uh, match of the summer, of course. Uh, he got the first half, the, uh, the first 45 minutes. And uh, yeah, him and Seamus Coleman looked pretty good together down that, uh, down that flank. Richarlison in particular was causing their left-back so many problems. So, uh, yeah, that was really, really promising to see. Uh, and then, aside from that, the the main issue was just getting the ball into the box and then getting somebody on the end of it to put it in the back of the net. I thought it might have been... We might have been seeing something a little bit different today. It, it, it took maybe a minute, two minutes for Everton to have their first half chance of the game. Luca Dean was played in really well by a lovely clipped ball over the top by Fabian Delph uh, down that left flank. Uh, Dean's ball into the box, low cross, was really good and he found Calvert-Lewin at the, uh, the, near, at the near post. But unfortunately, he guided his effort over the bar. Uh, just after that, I think... Calvert Lewin found himself one against two against their two centre backs, and he actually did really well to muscle them off, work it onto his right foot just outside the box, and he forced the keeper into quite a decent save. But that was 
as good as it really got Calvert-Lewin. It was just one of those games for him, really. You could see what he was trying to do. You know, he was trying to put in that sort of energetic display, you know, make himself a nuisance for the centre-backs as much as he possibly could, try and give them as much of a physical battle as he could. But it just wasn't coming off for him today. The ball wasn't really sticking to him. Uh, he just didn't seem to be on the same wavelength as some of his teammates. There were a couple of moments in particular with Bernard in the first half where they just tried to be a little bit too intricate and it didn't come off. And uh, it was just one of those games for Calvert-Lewin, unfortunately. Well, unfortunately for him, of course, uh, we're expecting the Mosey-Ken deal to be announced within the next few days. And as we'll get on to later, Cheng Tosin came off the bench and actually looked quite strong but uh, as I say we'll get on to that later uh, the main concern that Marco Silva will have from today's game will be Fabian Delph uh, unfortunately he only lasted five minutes of today's game before going down under no challenge from anyone which always seems to be a bit of a concern really doesn't it uh, it transpired after the game that Delph has a groin problem uh, we spoke to Silver after the game and he was a little bit coy on giving too many details out because he hadn't really had a chance to speak to the club doctor as of yet. But uh, Delph is feeling something. He said he wasn't feeling a lot of pain, but he definitely was feeling something in his groin. So he's going to be assessed over the next couple of days. He could have to have a scan uh, on Monday after the side return to Finch Farm, of course. So... Yeah, it, we'll have to wait and see how that one transpires. But Morgan Schneiderlin came on and he did what I think was quite a decent job uh, for the the majority of the match. You know, he was he wasn't he wasn't eccentric by any means. You know, he wasn't bursting forward. Uh, it was a very t- a typical sort of cool, calm Morgan Schneiderlin-esque performance, really. And uh, if he was to put in that kind of display against Crystal Palace, I think he he would do absolutely fine and I think it would be a real asset to Everton. Uh, of course, the other option would be uh, throwing Bamman in straight away, but Silva seemed... It seemed like he certainly didn't want to do that and he had his reasons, of course. You know, Bamman hasn't really had a lot of pre-season football at all. Uh, he's still getting to know his new teammates. You know, there's a lot of... There's a lot of factors to try and overcome when you try to introduce a new player uh, in. And, you know, with it coming so late in the summer, it would be really interesting to see if he does start against Crystal Palace. My gut feeling would be that he wouldn't. But, as we know, Marco Silva really, really, really likes to see how his players do in training. He he, uh, models himself on picking his side from how well they perform in training. So, look, if he comes in and training and he's one of the best players, then you know, he might start. But if it were down to me and uh, I was made to put a bet on this, um, I would probably bet against him not starting. Uh, but, yeah, that was that was the first half. The second half, as I say, started a little bit slower. Uh, Richarlison was brought up for half-time. Theo Walcott came on. Didn't take him long to fashion himself a couple of chances. Uh, he had one really good interchange with Sigurdsson. 
uh, which led to him having a shot which was unfortunately blocked. Uh, that looked like a good effort from where I was sat. I've not seen any of the replays, so can't really confirm you know, whether it was finding the corner or what, but it certainly looked like a good effort to me. Uh, and he had one later in the second half as well where Bernard was released down the left-hand flank. Uh, I think it was by Gomez, if I remember rightly. And uh, he played a low ball in to the to the box. It was quite the central position. As I seem to recall, it was penalty spot-ish. Uh, but Walcott had an effort with his left foot and it was really weak. Straight at the keeper and he'll feel he should have done better with that one. And do you know what? I think that probably sums up Everton's attacking threat throughout the game, really. Uh, probably the best chance of the games. Uh, in the first half, it probably fell to Bernard. There was a really weird, weird uh, situation inside the Bremen box. Uh, Richarlison did really well to turn two men and get a shot away, which was saved by the keeper. Yeri Mina then had a shot which was blocked, and that fell to Bernard. And it looked like he had quite an easy shot at goal, but again, I've not seen the replay of, of, of it, so I might be wrong, but he skied his effort uh, <laughs> into the stand anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, and then Bernard and Dean led an absolutely rapid counter-attack in the second half. You know, if if Everton had put that away, that would have made the whole trip to Bremen worth it, to be honest. It was it would have been a goal of that quality. Uh, and eventually it led to Bernard playing in Dean, but his effort was cleared, not quite on the line, but uh, it was cleared as it was on its way in by a defender. Yeah, so they were, they were Everton's best chances of the game, really. And I think what Silva will be quite happy about after seeing his side perform in that one is that Everton looked a lot fitter, especially towards the end of the game. It was Everton who were pushing to try and score perhaps the winning goal. And I think that will be what is promising to Silva. You know, he's seen his side create chances and he's seen his side create chances even going late into the game. And I think that was helped maybe by the introduction of Cenk Tosin, as I say. Uh, recovered from the injury that he sustained earlier in the summer on international duty and I thought he looked very good. Uh, he certainly looked like he had a point to prove. Uh, he was putting him, he really putting himself about. Uh, very energetic. He was trying to be as physical as he possibly could. Trying to link up play and he was a bit more successful at linking up play than Calvert-Lewin was. So, you know, if I think... As we understand it, Everton would be still open to selling Tosin if the right offer came in. But if the right offer doesn't come in, and perhaps Moise Ken isn't ready to start a game uh, by the time Crystal Palace comes round, could Cenk Tosin be the man to lead the line? It would, it would certainly give Silver another option to look at, uh, I, I believe anyway. Uh, but while we're on the subject of Moise Ken, of course, we did ask Silver about transfer deadline day which is upcoming on thursday and uh he he wants he wants everton being busy uh he's still of the belief that everton could potentially need five additions which i think was really interesting he thinks uh a right back a center back uh, he said another option in the midfield zone which i thought was an interesting quote uh and he wants a winger and the striker, of course. We did ask about Moise Ken uh, specifically, but he didn't want to comment until uh, that was all signed, sealed and official. 
which you could understand, really. Uh, but, yeah, Silva's demeanour when he was talking about these potential incomings, it, it, it wasn't... He wasn't unhappy with the business that had gone on in any way, shape or form. Like, that's that's not the kind of demeanour that he had. He was just very clear on what he knows that Everton need uh, coming up to the end of the transfer window. And, you know, a few people have asked me whether he seemed confident that uh, they that the board would be able to, you know, push through his sort of vision. And to that I'd say... Well, why wouldn't he be confident? You know, he's he's seen the board get the players that he wanted last summer. This summer, I think we've brought in four additions that have definitely improved the squad. So there's no reason to suggest that Silva will, wouldn't be confident in the board in getting these players in. It's just a matter of, you know, having a, a, what will be a really busy few days. You know, we're talking about uh, Moise Ken potentially Kurt Zuma maybe, if not him, then another centre-back and, you know, three three other players that you've got to bring in and you know, integrate into the squad again. Uh, Silva was saying that, you know, his, his squad's just not big enough. He said the bench today is not what he wanted uh, to see and, you know, you can understand it. You know, it was a bit of a depleted bench. Uh, you know, it still had players, you know, like Kevin Morales on there. So, you can see what Silver means, and you can understand. You know, he didn't seem exasperated at all. Like, I'm, and I'm not sure whether Phil had any sort of different experience from him when uh, he spoke to him after the games last weekend, and he gave a quite similar answer on transfers. He didn't seem exasperated to me at all in any way. He didn't seem unhappy. Uh, he just seemed very focused on what he wants the next few days to contain for Everton, and I think that's the exact right attitude that he should have. Essentially, things are out of his hands now. He is trusting the board to get in the targets that he thinks Everton needs. And, you know, as I say, I don't think he's got any reason not to trust the board to be able to do that. So, you know, I think regardless, we are in for an absolutely hectic uh, few days uh, in terms of Everton transfers. Uh, I think that's... All I'm going to have time for here. Uh, I think we'll be back for another Royal Blue podcast early next week. We'll be discussing potentially some new signings already coming in, potentially new signings on the way in. Uh, And then after deadline day as well, we'll have another podcast to assess uh, the summer that has been forever and, and to look ahead to next week's game against Crystal Palace. But yeah, I hope you've enjoyed listening to my experiences in Bremen uh, if you watched the game I hope you enjoyed it as much as you possibly could if you were in Bremen yourselves I hope that you enjoyed your trip there and I wish you all a pleasant journey back if you had travelled but yeah uh, don't forget you can rate and review us on ACAS, Spotify, iTunes you know all your popular podcast apps you'll be able to find us on there and you can also subscribe to our Facebook page as well we've got a special Facebook group where we'll discuss anything to do with the Royal Blue podcasts uh, with all of you listeners and all of our contributors as well so yeah you've been listening to the latest and final one of this summer uh, the latest Royal Blue podcast pre-season diary You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.